play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, it's Matty C here. I am the host of this wonderful show, the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast, and also commissioner of the Astro League. So for those of you who might be new or haven't heard for a little while and just kind of lost it a bit, we are a 16-team NFL Fantasy Football League based right here in Canberra, Australia. Over time, we've played 11 seasons, and it means that we've done a bit of nipping and tucking and twisting rules and scoring around, so we're a little unique in the scoring department. And we are also unique in that we are 16 teams, all Aussies, based in Australia. So all these things combined, I think it makes us a bit of a unicorn, and I think you've done well to find us, and we're gonna enjoy taking along for the ride of how we play fantasy football. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. And first cab off the rank this week, I just want to talk very quickly about the changes in our feed and distribution. For the last couple of weeks, we have been available on every podcast app you can find us on in two feeds. And here's how it's going to work. We're going to delete one of them out. We've got two logos out there at the moment for these two different feeds. And one of them has a swagman's hat hanging off the O. That is the one we're going to keep. And the reason we're doing this is that just streamlines it to have one. But the one that we're keeping just gives us the opportunity to keep all 60 episodes in one place available every day for every single person where the other one does not have that capability. So we've just found a better way to do it. And we're gonna keep this one here, which is the one with the logo with the Swagman's hat. So if you've got the one with the naked O, one thing you can do real quick, dive into that app that you get your podcast from, quickly bash in Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast one more time, grab the other feed and subscribe, and then honky-dory, because the old feed with the naked hat is getting deleted out on Australia Day. And for those who don't do Australia Day and not, not to know, it is January 26th, so a Tuesday in a little over a week's time. So we've got a little bit of time to make sure everyone makes the jump, and we'd love to see everybody make the jump. All that aside now, we are into the show, and it's a great show today. We've got Seahorse coming back, whacking on his sheriff's badge, and we're going to go down a nice rabbit hole of deadlines and what it would be like to be trading draft picks in a redraft league. These are things that have come up from the owner's group survey, and I love, love, love getting into them with the Seahorse because he gives us some pretty clear direction, and both he and I like to game it out and talk about the holes in each other's ideas and the benefits of each other's ideas. So come down the rabbit hole with me, and we'll get the sheriff in here right now. He's polishing his badge as we speak, so let's let him in from the green room. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have robbed Jeremy's size boner going for him there. <laughs> You're in depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. This new year rolls on and so do we. So does Seahorse. To talk with me a little bit more about the, uh, the feedback we got from the 2020 season owner survey. The results are in, the people have spoken, but just the voice itself isn't always everything you need. It's good to break it down and have a look about what it means. And Seahorse, welcome back. Thanks for joining me to talk about it. Thanks for having me back. I'm surprised everyone hasn't gotten sick of listening to me yet in the new year. I've um, survived another year in the podcast, so can't be doing too many things wrong. I think it is far preferable to have you appear fairly often than just to have me talking, 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 talking. So <laughs> I think that's uh, uh, yeah, definitely a, a benefit to the show. And I think the audience, they vote with their feet. They come when the seahorse is on. Oh, I'm the people sheriff, so let's keep... <laughs> now, mate, we talked in the last one around about the things to do with, you know, late season. Okay, 
playoff teams, who's in, who's out, how many, what's the impact of that? What do we do with the guys who don't make the playoffs? Do people even want to do anything if they don't make the playoffs? Are they happy to just jump ship and call it a day and turn into, you know, cheerleaders or just kind of just keep on the fringe of what's going on so they know who wins? Today is kind of the next bridge of that because it's talking about things like, well, you know, if the playoffs are their own microcosm, do we treat them that way and give those teams better waiver priority? Do we start talking about how you manage draft picks for the teams who aren't in anymore and can they trade them? Do we even start messing around with trade deadlines? Like there's there's a lot of late season stuff to talk about here too when things get pointy. Uh, you ready to dive into some of that? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's, let's do this thing. Well, I think the interesting thing for me was just how many of these had to do with those earlier questions in the survey. And I think if I'd really thought about that, I probably could have grouped them together a bit more. Because the more I thought about it, the more I thought six, seven, and eight really are completely impacted by the answers from one and two, which were about one was how many playoff teams, two was what do we do with the teams who make the, don't make the playoffs, do they want to keep playing for something? And it was framed as for draft picks to, to improve a draft pick. And then a lot of those kind of go hand in glove with the idea of, well, man, if teams are going to play on, we don't need a trade deadline anymore. If teams are out of it, maybe they can start doing things to improve their draft pick by trading or maybe uh, teams who are going for the championship can sail away things like, you know, future draft picks to go for the glory now and even the idea of flipping waiver priority to try and help the teams who are really in it if no one else is really interested to give the advantage to the top end. Man, you're at the top end. What would it have made, sort of difference would it have made for you as the number one seed to know that you could have had the best waiver priority through the playoffs? Well, with how the current playoffs are structured, wouldn't have made a difference. Right. At this point, with six, no one else really playing. The waivers weren't active, so it was dead. So it didn't matter. That in itself was a hindrance, I think, that that sort of activity and action stopped because it it stopped even before the playoffs. It was really the that rush just before the last round. Oh, yeah, the big scramble. <laughs> that was it. Then it then was gone. So I don't think there was going to be an advantage at that point um, with our current structure, which which is fine. That's that's okay. Um, you sort of want the other teams to be playing on if that's going to, I don't know, keep its magic. Yeah, you need you need most of the 16 to be alive in some capacity, you think. Yeah, you, you do. For the, for the waivers to mean anything at that point, um, just because of how our whole... Um, team team structure works, and then the um, and then the finals. We've got sixteen teams. We've only got four bench spots. That sucks up a lot of players. Like there, there was ten team. There's yeah. 160 players out of contention to be able to grab or do anything with at that point in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so there's no advantage um, with waivers at all because they're not released to the wild. Which in itself might be a um, might be a thing that uh, maybe the player. If we're not going to keep in, if as a league we decide we're not going to do anything to engage those ten and keep them playing, maybe those six teams get to cherry pick a player of their choice out of the team. Wow, that would be revolutionary! Holy cow! Could you imagine the strength that you would have in the playoffs when it matters the most? Holy cow! 
then waiver priority become a big deal. Yeah, you might have it. So, like, you know, your first C gets to pick their player from any team. Only one. Only one from the te- any team. And then it goes through to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth to bolster their teams. That could be a way of doing it. But that's only going to work if the other 10 aren't playing for anything. Aren't playing, yeah. And today, as it is, they're not. Oh, so... Everyone else goes into cryogenic freeze until <laughs> July. <laughs> so, so to me, that would be a good way to open it up. Yeah, maybe it's not entirely fair. You've been building a whole team for the season then magically get to playoffs, but shouldn't the playoffs teams actually get an advantage when they're going in when there's no other way to build your team at that point? Especially when you, basically at this point, if you get an injury leading up to, um, leading up to the, the finals, you're screwed. There's no way to get anything. Yep. That's that's it. Like, um, and you know, using Ryan's point that he said a lot about when we're deciding around the eight, eight or six, what yep. what advantage does the one and two teams get? Uh, currently, they get a buy. Everyone heard my rent last um, time that we spoke that the buy is not an advantage, and whether you see it as an advantage or not, even even if you do. It's not a huge advantage to make one extra week. It would be much more advantageous to be able to go, for example, they go and pick like Dalvin Cook or something of someone that's not not continuing. That that's an advantage that would kick on, but everyone else gets that sort of um, tick up as well. I mean, we were sort of looking at it as, oh, you know, it's so great knowing you can't be knocked out in week fourteen if you're the one and two seed, given our current format. But there's no fun. Uh, not playing that's something. what it, that's what it comes down to. We're not the no fun league. We're, we're all here for a good time, not a long time. We're the, we're the mullets of uh, the fantasy football world. <laughs> Business so in the front, party at the back. So I think I think we've got to take that into account too. Um, how we how are we going to make it a bit more fun? Um, they, honestly, the that week one buy in the playoffs for me was so fucking boring. And it's a fizzer. It was a fizzer. Yeah, real fizzer. It was a, yeah. You know, what, what do you do with that week? When you say, I do nothing. I sit around and I wait for somebody to turn up to play me the following week. And your team sits there and scores like, you know, 100 points, about league average, yeah. no worries against nobody. Just sort of knowing you have this free ticket to play against whoever was going to win in a week they were playing. There's no fun being in a league that's where you're not playing. Ch- that's why the chat dies. That's, uh, so that, that's, what, that's my proposal if we're going to decide that we're not going to do anything. Um, to engage the other ten, wow. or eight or ten, depending on whether playoff um, playoff positions finish. Now, if if we decide as a league we're going to keep everyone playing and engaged, that's when these questions start yeah. opening up. So let, let's start with the um, trade deadline. I completely understand why we have a trade deadline at the moment because. You could make ridiculous trades at the end of coming the end of the season to absolutely boost your playoff team. Yeah, and you could just go and smash for a team who's got nothing to play for. And go, well, what's the matter to you if you don't have the number two receiver on the universe? I need him if I'm going to win the title, and yep. you get no benefit. I get all yes. the benefit, and I'll send you a horse trailer full of shit for him because he'll make my starting lineup better. So yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah, get through all the nepotism. All the special favours, that's, that's only a good thing. The current setup completely makes sense. I mean, and that is a good thing. I don't know. I, I sort of think the same along the lines of, well, you know, the more options you've got, the better. But I think something like that is only worthwhile if teams, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 
all the way down. How, they're, they're doing things to try and put a team out on the field to play against somebody for something. Then I think you can get rid of the trade deadline. This is that whole thing of, you know, it does make a difference the answer to question two then. What are we doing with teams 14, 15, you know, teams are not in the playoffs for weeks 14 to 16. If they're not doing something, okay, trade deadline probably needs to stay. So those two things were kind of hand in glove, but, and they would be the other way around too. They'd be so much more fun than if teams were continuing to no, play. You don't need to worry about for something. It makes sense. You just get rid of the trade deadline. That so you want sort of win. answers itself. Like I would say, yes, get rid of the trade deadline if we keep the um, potentially the team 7 to 16 engaged get rid of it. If, if we aren't keeping those engaged, then that's when I propose my other idea. Yeah. Wow, what an idea that'd yeah, be too. Could, uh, Gosh, could, could change things up quite a bit, but not be over too overpowered because everyone gets the same same advantage. I mean, it fix a gap in a team who are pretty good. And I think by that stage of the year too, I mean, because it's such a deep league, no one's got a perfectly good lineup. Everyone's got a little weakness or two so being able to just go and cherry pick one player in order like that of team one who fought hard to be one, gun picking the best player off somebody else's roster who's not in the playoffs. Oh, that'd be wild. That'd be wild. It, well, it might get more people engaged at that point as well because we'll have our own little mini draft again, a little bit of an event. So there's my solutions to those. So the other one we're going to talk about now is... Are we going to allow trading of uh, draft picks? That's a, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Like we do that in um, the, the Keepers League. That's pretty normal in dynasty leagues. Um, yeah. Because you, you're obviously trying to build a team long-term and you get that extra option. But what sort of impacts would it have in a one that we reset every year? It's a really interesting thing. It got me thinking about it. I mean, I was thinking about it in terms of there's a few layers. One is this. It's good to see that the league's open to talking about it. And there's no definitive, yes, let's do it or no, let's not do it. It's, the question's phrased as, are you open to just, you know, explore that? And I thought, well, how would this game out? Is it that on draft day, we just throw the clock for your pick wide open and say, now that you're on the clock, you can trade that pick to another team if they're willing to give you something for it. But you need time to negotiate that, and it's just in the draft. Or do we say, hey, look, you know, through the back end of a season, you can start talking about to other teams about how you trade assets around. So your draft picks for next year are already an asset. Tough when there's a lottery, but maybe for the game team who are trying to get glory, uh, you know, trading around draft picks in future, worth it for the temporary win but know that they're going to be at a big disadvantage for the next year and is it worth it? And and I think for people who, you know, are hungry for the glory, maybe it's worth having a bit of a disadvantage for the next year because you can still bask in the glory, oh, right? Glory is forever. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this quite a lot. So, you know, be open and transparent. I voted for, for it as a yes to allow us to trade it. I haven't really thought about it too much more than thinking, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I think the... There's a lot of practicalities in this that we haven't explored at all. Um, and you mentioned a fair few in there. Like what really, what's the advantage of giving up a trade pick in the current season is, like you said, is that potential for a, for that extra win or to keep, keep the season alive, you might, might be able to go for the championship. Problem with a reset league is it's so, such a disadvantage potentially that we'd, 
we'd have to work out, are we just trading draft pick numbers or are we giving up the draft pick for a player? It's, it's one of those sort of practicalities. Um, you know, what happens if someone has an extra draft pick and has a larger larger squad size than um, the other um, than the other teams because they get that one extra pick? It's all a, a lot of that minutia, small business as usual things that we haven't thought about. Well, and I think that tests the uh, flexibility of the website too because currently with Keeper League, and, and TC talks about this with being the commissioner of that league, that it requires you to have the same amount of draft picks as every other team. And if you're going to trade a draft pick through that app, there's also going to be a trade, like a draft pick coming back in it. There's got to be balanced amounts of picks in the trade, even if there's not balanced amounts of players. Because, I mean, we see this all the time. We see three for twos. We see two for ones. The, the website's cool with you, you know, trading more people. But once you include picks in there, it goes, no, 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 no. Every, no matter how many rounds your draft is, every team has to have that many opportunities. So I think that it kind of exposes a weakness with the website where then it would be like, well, we also have to decide then what's the workaround? Are we going to allow it? How do well, you it adds that? a whole level of administrative burden, doesn't it? Like you said, TC, with Keepers League, it, it can get quite messy quite quick. Well, I mean, in that league too, it's it's been then like, well, okay, that's the limitation. We're going to respect the limitation. And the way I've worked around that with trading picks is to go, well, I'll trade you player X and an earlier pick of mine for your slight upgrade for me in terms of player and your last round pick. So then my disadvantage is that I've given away maybe my third selection and a serviceable player to get an upgrade on that player, but a pretty hefty penalty in the next year's draft because I'm going for it now. But I've still got the same amount of picks as you next year. I'm struggling to think... Um, I'm an optimist. I, I like having lots of options. Struggling to think in the reset league how valuable this is as a commodity when you're actually trading. It really is only going to come into it at the at the depth. That's only going to work if the whole league is still engaged. Firstly, we're we're assuming our um, that we've gotten rid of the trade deadline for one. Well, not necessarily. Maybe you have to get these things sorted out before a certain date. Maybe there's that arbitrary, right, this is when you have to have your ducks in a row and then you've got to live with it and right. work off the waivers. I mean, I see dynasty leagues don't have no. that, and this isn't pretending to be a dynasty league, so well, I understand I, having I, I think why it matters, matters like, if, we've, if we play devil's advocate and assume we're keeping the trade deadline, keeping things like it is, so we get to coming up to the end of the season, we've got a draft lottery that's still there. Yeah, I know when someone's draft pick is actually going to yep. turn up. So who's going to trade it at that point? Like, what's the incentive? We're going back to a low team just trading for a, um, a potentially higher pick for the person to win the playoff. And it's pretty much going back to that nepotism at that point, isn't it? Um, and doing a favour because um, there's no other advantage to it. I was just trying to think about it in terms of, well, what would my trade be like if I'm at both ends? Okay, so if I'm one of these teams in the playoff picture and I want to try and press on my advantage and I'm happy to give away a bit of next year, then I'm saying to a team, here, I'll give you one of my earlier round picks and this player for the upgrade to, you know, let's, let's just start naming names. I'll give you, I don't know, 
Chris Godwin and my third round pick for yeah. Devontae Adams. Let's just use them as examples because that's a you know Devontae Adams clear upgrade on everybody else. Chris Godwin, not a chump, pretty good receiver. It does give that team a disadvantage right now to have to give away Devontae Adams, but now they're going to get an extra shot at a top 50 player in next year's draft because they know that my pick's going to be later in the round. They know it's my third selection. And then to balance the picks out, I get their last pick or a later round pick to say. And the disadvantage for me for next year is that I'm I'm going to swap you later pick for, for my earlier pick. You know, my earlier pick's going to be, you know, where it's going to be roughly because, you know, I'm in the, the top six of the league. And I know I don't know where your draft pick's going to be. So I, as the guy going for for all the biscuits, I'm yeah. But then the I just I just can't get past that. This is only going to be a thing late in the season, and it's going to be a it's only ever going to be a one sided trade. That's but probably why that you have deadline, to the deadline. I reckon like we're, we're assuming the deadline's staying. That's why it's broken because yeah. The lower team, they don't care. They're just getting a high um, draft pick. It can be good for them, but that's. But I mean, I guess. But that's, that's what I mean. Like if we're, we're coming up to now. the last round, because this is when it's mostly going to happen. The last round or two for the trade deadline, they don't care. They're not playing for anything. They'll just. Do you so much that can go wrong from week well, twelve to thirteen? Wait, you know what I mean? Let's like, just say, let's just let's talk about Brendox. Like, coming into week 12, 12, he knows he's out of the playoffs. At that point, wouldn't he just shop the, any of his best players yeah. out for all the top picks and all he's done is just um, potentially just help the top teams that he gets their round one or two picks and all of a sudden he's got the top picks. It's going to, to me, in spirit, it's going towards the same as if we didn't have the trade deadline um, and those lower teams just helping the top teams superpower the teams more. Like, it's the same thing, um, except yeah, these yeah. teams then have the opportunity to really turn it around next year uh, and just start off with a massive advantage. So I can't – it's just too one-sided each season. It doesn't balance each other out like it does in a, in a keeper or dynasty league. It does mean that people have to have a fair value of what they think – a pick in each round is likely worth. I think that's where you see the competitive balance thing strike out because we do this in the Keeper League and I know that it's much more clear-cut in the Keeper League because we already know there's no lottery in that. We already know that if you come last, you get the first pick. Your pick in each round in that League 2 is the same each round where in the Redraft League, it is a snake. So you get a late pick in the first round, you get an early pick in the second round. You get a late pick in the third round, you get an early pick in the fourth round. In the Keeper you get the same yep. pick each round. You come last, you're the first pick in each round. And I think there's real benefit to that. That's how a team yep. who's terrible slowly gets better, right? Um, and and that then the idea of, well, I can also trade away a good player to get more shots at higher picks of young guys. Now as their good players get old and my young guys hit my stride, his team falls away, my yeah, evolution right. is on. It's, it's like we're not keeping really anything, so... It- Makes complete sense in a keeper dynasty league, but I'm just I I can't see it working with the trade deadline, especially of our current format, for it to work out in our fair and balanced way that we think it will, which we go in with the intent for. I just I just can't get past like all it would be is a 
clear one-sided advantage for the top team in in the current season and then clear clear advantage for the other team the next season. Um, and that's not really um, working towards the balanced competitive league we're trying to go for, is it? Well, yeah, I, I definitely can see that opportunity for that to be quite something for two owners only. And that's where you say, well, you know, with the trade deadline where it is. And that's the thing, I think, is that, you know, well, you can move that. That's true, but like what we discussed, what, you know, you can pull it forward. You well, can the only re- way it. I could see us <laughs> changing that is like our, our last episode around engagement with players at that point. Um, the rest of the owners um, for the rest of the season, if they're playing for something, all of a sudden you're not just going to randomly go one-sided trades at that point and people sort of know where things are sitting yeah. um, and there's more value to it. Um, and to me, that's the only way I can see it working. Could you see it working the other way? We'll just pull that trade deadline in two, four weeks and go, you know what? Before you even start playing divisional opponents, you've got to have your ducks uh, about what you want to do with trades. That way, you know, it's, there's just so much room for teams who are on the bottom to still actually be good and there's not so much advantage for them to sail away stuff. But the teams who think they're good, there's still so much past you to run through that they don't know they're not going to uh, balls it up. If we're just doing that for the trade pick swap, then that just kills the trades even more, I think. Um, I, to me, it doesn't. I think because doesn't seem worthwhile. there's so much variability at that point. Like you said, if we're doing it before the divisional round, repeat divisional rounds, still three weeks to go. But I'll, I'll use Brendox again. He's still in the same position. So yeah, he's still in seven, is, something like that, right? It would still put that advent, advantageous um, trade in place because there's even more uncertainty where people are going to end up with the lottery. I mean, if Brendan's sending away his pick, surely he doesn't want his pick to benefit that guy terribly much. He wants to try and still finish the season on as high as he can. So he's the picks he's trading away aren't valuable to the other guy. And that at that point, there's so much past you to run through. That team doesn't know that they might not be an ascending team. They might hit a few hurdles and all of a sudden they're not even in the playoff picture after doing a trade like that. And Brendan hasn't actually won much because the, tr- the pick he gets uh, back isn't what then, it's you, then you wouldn't even trade it at that point, would you? Because it's no value to high risk. Um, I I just can't see that working, and I like to try and make things work. I I I just can't Same. see that working. <laughs> I just keep coming back to Brendo giving away good players, good or great players, to someone else as a lopsided trade for this season, so they get some higher draft picks. No matter what they get from that team, it's going to be better than what they had. If you traded your seventh round draft pick for a fifth round draft pick, you're you're gonna it doesn't matter where the other team on the other side ends up, you're still gonna have two rounds higher type of thing. And I just can't if you're going for the playoffs, you wouldn't you really wouldn't give a crap about your um your draft picks for next season. No one would but even then, there's a part of me that's like, well, I'll start with a broken wheelbarrow next year. Yeah, and I think there's a fair few of us that would do that. So um, to me, that just puts even more red flags and warning signs up that if we're, if we're already thinking about that and we're already trying to game it... Well, I mean, I'm just playing on the corner here. You um, know so I, I think that. To me, unless, there's, unless you get rid of the trade deadline and have everyone fully engaged, I just think it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I think everyone needs to play six or eight weeks, be playing yep. for something, 
there'll be fair value then. You know, I think that probably sums it up. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to explore, and I think there still should be a lot of chatter about what we do because, man, I think we could probably even fill a podcast episode with how fun it would be to be on the clock and only have the draft picks matter while the draft is happening. And be on the clock can be, you know, hashtag taking calls, I guess, from other teams about what they might give you for the pick you're about to make or what you might be able to ask another team for to give them that pick that they've already got on their roster. You know, like... What, we, I, we I feel whole think that's worthwhile that exploring, and let's do that as a separate one. Um, but during the season, no, I just can't. I just can't make it work in my head unless we expand out. Everyone's engaged. No trade deadline. If it's going to lap over from one season to the next, that gets tricky. I think for redraft to be redraft, it's almost got to be each year as a silo, right? <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting towards that. Yeah, and I mean, there's probably ways that that can work within the silo of 2021 season. And there's probably ways to look back at how it could have worked in 2020 as a season. But when you start lapping, my decision from 2020 is going to lap into yeah, 2021. That's kind of where it gets funky, eh? Yeah. I think my my sheriff's decision is I, I just wouldn't do it during the season. I just don't think it works. But I think this is kind of the opportunity now. This year we've got the, the propaganda machine yeah. to, um, to, to create narratives and to keep try and keep people linked in. Yeah. We'll see how we go. All right, I'll talk to you later on. Yeah, all good, man. All right. I'll catch you later on. Take care. Stay well. See ya. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. (laughs) He actually doesn't look great. Whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F you to the vinegar stroke. Oh, always so terrific to have this sheriff come by. I think he really does help give a whole bunch of perspective around some of these things. It can be a little tricky, uh, and he can even occasionally suggest something like that, which completely revolutionizes the idea of how we do a position or how we do a circumstance in the league. And so for any of these situations where you think you could contribute an idea, or you just want to make a comment about it, dive onto Facebook or Instagram at Astro League Podcast and get in there and interact because we're asking for your feedback. We'd love to know what teams do around waiver priority if they've got any changes in the playoffs. We'd love to know what you do around trading draft picks if you are not a dynasty league or a dynasty league, depending on where you're from and how you like to say it, or a keeper league whether it's even possible. we just love to hear all about it. So dive on there at Astro League Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, leave us some comments. Now, we're going to be back later in the week and I'm pumped, pumped, pumped for this one because we've got Sizzle and Quinny from the Sizzle and Quinny Podcast coming on. It's going to be great to talk to them about their podcast, about the NFL fantasy football season they played with our esteemed colleague, Mr. Taylor Talk himself, Taylor Goodall. He had a stinker of a season in our league, so it'll be great to see how he went in that league. But also great to talk to these guys about how they got their podcast started, what they've done with it recently, and just to talk some football with a couple of other Aussie guys who are trying to make it out in podcast world. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I am your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. I'm the host of the show, and I am gone. Maru. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C.